Hello and welcome to The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle 24. Each week, the sharpest minds and freshest thinkers in finance take you beyond the numbers and hype, right to the heart of the big issues of the day. Today, we're asking, what does Emmanuel Macron's re-election as French president mean for investors? His victory delivers continuity and a degree of certainty for France's economy, and perhaps crucially, the wider political dynamics in Europe. Today, our panel from UBS considers Macron's domestic agenda and discusses how he can implement the Green Deal and seek to tackle the climate crisis in the face of a potentially more fragmentary domestic political landscape. Arguably the more important issue for investors, though, will be what this election means for the European Union. Europe's leaders were quick to send their congratulations to Macron, a partner they know well and who's committed to strengthening the bloc. How much of a challenge will be presented by seeking to continue with reform of the Eurozone's fiscal rules? Our panellists will also consider the degree to which, with Macron's support, reform is likely to favour a more gradual path, which would be supportive for growth and investment, especially in areas such as decarbonisation. Let's start with our friend Dean Turner, economist in the UBS Global Wealth Management CIO here in London. Dean Turner, always excellent to speak with you and intrigued to get some insights from you after uh, Macron's success in the French general election, of course. Give us, a, I guess, the, the, the key takeaways. What's your reaction? It was a race that we thought could be close. In the end, he won fairly comfortably, but I guess not significantly, perhaps, by the same margin that he enjoyed in 2017. Yeah, that's, I think that's the key point here, Tom. It's, uh, it was a great victory for uh, Macron when you look at the uh, the numbers. It was a clear lead and uh, any concerns that uh, the markets may have had prior to the election were certainly dispelled. But when you actually look at the results in comparison to uh, the 2017 election, clearly support for uh, his opponent, Marine Le Pen, has increased. And when you combine that with the performance performance uh, during the first round. And, you know, again, Macron did very well in the first round, largest share of the vote by quite some margin. But over 50% of French voters chose a candidate who could be considered to be at the uh, extremes of the political spectrum. So, you know, notwithstanding the victory that that, that he had, um, questions are already creeping in about uh, the strength of Macron's mandate. So it will be key now to look forward to what happens to the June legislative elections to see how well he and his party perform in the uh, in those elections. Yeah, of course. And that slightly sort of fragmentary domestic political picture is the kind of key caveat. But allowing for that, Dean, let's talk a little bit, though, about Macron's domestic policy priorities. And presumably, you know, for economists, it's interesting to consider the vigour with which he continues labour market reforms, of course, a big theme in France, and this this Green Deal. Those are probably, would you say, the two sort of key domestic policy areas of note? I think they are, yes. And uh, I mean, obviously, we saw during the first term a number of reforms to the labour markets, which actually resulted in a pretty good outcome. If you look at you know, the level of French unemployment today compared to where it was five years ago, there's clearly been an improvement. But it's a job half done. And one area that stands out in particular is pension reforms. And that was something that he ran into a few headwinds about during the uh, campaign. So, you know, it's probably not going to be as easy with 
pension reform, so which is essentially increasing the retirement age, is the most contentious part that, that many people think right now. So, you know, I think that's one challenge he's got. But you know, we remain confident that, assuming his party gains a majority in the legislative elections, that that can be done. Uh, there's also some social security reform that, that's due to be done as well. And again, you know, that's all a story around improving uh, the supply side potential or the labour markets in France, which hopefully can boost the long-term growth rate. But the other key areas you've identified is the Green Deal. This is something that's been given extra prominence uh, by the war in Ukraine and uh, Europe's desire now to uh, reduce its dependence on uh, on Russian hydrocarbons. You know, this was a theme that was clearly going to play out through this presidency come what may. But in my mind now, there's much added urgency to this. And I think, you know, this is going to be an area in, in which we see um, a great deal of focus for the government and and ultimately that's going to lead to a lot of investment for sure now let's i guess take a step back and look at a bigger picture in terms of an issue that has a sort of impact and import for people without the borders of france and also i guess maybe may maybe of more interest for investors more broadly and that's what macron's second term means for the european union it's funny i think we spoke after the german federal elections and you know europe wasn't really that big of a election topic in terms of discussion points. And again, there wasn't that much discourse about EU. Focus was more internal for France this time around. But nevertheless, it's really important, isn't it, in terms of what Macron as the continuity candidate means in terms of strengthening ties with the EU and maybe in terms of other things, you know, fiscal reforms and things like that for the bloc. Absolutely, and um, you know th- those of us who follow France closely are very interested in the in the nitty gritty some of the subjects we've just spoken about. But you know, from a broader perspective, and certainly from uh, from what the markets are watching, the most important implication of this election is what it means for Europe. And you know, as as you stated, Macron is the continuity candidate, and you know that will be welcomed. And you know, especially at a time when um, Europe's facing a number of challenges. Macron is increasingly taking the role of Europe's number one leader. What we've seen with Olaf Scholz so far has been a bit more of uh, taking a back seat at the EU and um, and uh, the French president has arguably been the driving force. And, you know, now he has had his mandate renewed. I would expect that to continue. And, you know, there's a number of areas which, which we're going to be focused on. The most pressing in my mind is fiscal reform. The stability and growth pact is uh, due to be reinstated uh, at the end of this year. I mean, there's a fair chance that it does actually get delayed again, Given the given the outbreak of war in Ukraine and the pressure that's put on energy prices, but you know, nonetheless, it's a package that needs reform. And with someone like uh, Macron at the um, the helm of the negotiations, I would expect that we're going to see see a great deal of progress there. And ultimately, that'd be a good thing for the European economy. But it also extends to other areas. You know, um, as a great champion of Europe, uh, Macron will be very keen to uh, pursue other areas of foreign policy, especially you know given events um, that we're seeing globally right now as well. Dean Turner. Next up, Géraldine Mayer, Portfolio Manager at UBS La Maison de Gestion, a French asset manager for UBS in France and an ESG specialist. Géraldine, welcome to the programme. It's good to have you with us. This is a result that pleases investors. It pleases the market because we have continuity, right? And a degree of certainty. Is that fair to say? Tom, I totally agree with that. Uh... 
because Emmanuel Macron is not uh, the outsider he was five years before. But uh, you have to keep in mind that many people have voted for him because of the confidence they have in him and also to block the far right. As Emmanuel Macron is doing pretty great as a crisis manager, especially for COVID-19 and pretty okay for now war in Ukraine. But I think that the French were looking for stability in troubled times, but not really for a continuity in political action, especially on the domestic issue. Presidential election is a first step in the election process. So now Emmanuel Macron is facing parliamentary elections, the legislative, that will be held in June to gather a majority. For me, the biggest outcome from the presidential election is that the nationalist temptation has been pushed aside. And a Marine Le Pen election, which is a nationalist populist candidate, the risk would have been a risk of withdrawal of France from leadership position within Europe. And Macron has been made it very clear that he wants France to be a leader within Europe and insisted on the friendship between France and Germany. So the market reacted pretty well on Emmanuel Macron re-election, as is perceived as a business-friendly president, an advocate for Europe. So he embodies stability for the market, and Marine Le Pen would have been such a white card, much more disruptive option, actually. Yeah, for sure. And it was interesting. Dean was reflecting also on that sort of attitude from the market and, and from the from the investment community. Let's look a little bit, Jardine, uh, at the domestic sort of political, the policy agenda for Macron, because like Dean was mentioning this, there's lots of focus, obviously, on pensions, labour market reforms, quite a few of these structural changes, which are pretty controversial. But I wonder if you have your sort of ESG hat on to a degree, maybe it's more interesting to look at the the Green Deal, the continuation of that implementation, presumably that is going to be very important, provided he has the political mandate domestically to do it. He's going to be really eager to carry on tackling the climate crisis and addressing that Green Deal, right? Well, actually, it's pretty shocking that only 5% of airtime during the election campaign has been devoted to climate issue in France. And Emmanuel Macron has been really criticized as he has done little and failed during his first mandate to reduce greenhouse gases in France. And even last year, Tom, a French court found his government guilty of climate inaction. But something happened between the two rounds of the election, the presidential election, and Emmanuel Macron has done a huge turn on environmental topics to seduce more voters. So now Emmanuel Macron say he wants to make France a great green nation. He said during interviews that he was shocked by the latest IPCC reports. And he proposed to appoint a prime minister that will be in charge of environmental planning and that will be assisted by two ministers in charge of energy planning and regional planning. But my take is that actually I think that Macron thinks that the correct framework to implement a climate policy is Europe. Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting. And I was going to ask you about Europe, because, again, it wasn't necessarily one of the big topics of discussion, the discourse around the election. We saw similarly in Germany, didn't we, with the last general election there, it just didn't really feature that much. And yet, it is really interesting to consider what this means Macron's success means for the European Union more broadly. Dean was speaking to us a little bit earlier about how 
it is a sort of restatement of France's leadership position. But I wonder, on that point about addressing climate change, moving environmental policy forward, how significant is France's relationship with the EU as a bloc in terms of moving that policy agenda forward? Well, it's true that um, Europe is not really a political election team in France. But even if Emmanuel Macron has said little thing about Europe during his very, very short campaign, he's clearly committed in Europe. And as I told you, I think it is for him the correct framework to implement a climate policy. And which is really, I think, interesting is that concerning Europe and Green Deal, under his presidency, because right now Europe is under French presidency, mid-March, he reached a, a deal, an agreement on carbon tax within European Commission, which is the first step to have the uh, carbon tax implemented. Uh, it is a carbon border adjustment mechanism. It means that you will have to impose a carbon tax on important products and goods to avoid carbon leakage, which is really important because it's going to bolster European competitivity on the ecological and economic side. And I think it's a really core measure of European climate policy. So, well, I think Macron is doing pretty great in the European framework linked with the Green Deal. Uh, this carbon tax is really important. Now we will look at taxonomy, for instance, all the investment in renewable nuclear energy, for instance. So we'll have a great new package for uh, European energy transitions are going to uh, be uh, put in through by the Commission. So let's see. Yeah, indeed, we will wait and see. And just in terms of, we always try and reflect a little, Geraldine, on what investors should take away from from these sorts of of political happenings. I wonder, you know, is there an opportunity perhaps to look afresh at investments in sectors like renewable energy, um, like nuclear energy, still very important, of course, in France, as a consequence of that U-turn you mentioned from Macron on climate, on you know immediate action to, to address climate change, and to try and pick up on some of these big secular themes, you know, environmental themes that that inform the the political and the real landscape. Presumably, that's where sort of investment interest lies in those kind of areas. Yes, exactly. I think it would do both. It would do investment in renewable and nuclear energy, and. Notably, he changed his mind on nuclear as he closed the France's oldest nuclear power plant called Fessenheim at the beginning of his first mandate. And now he wants to build up to 14 nuclear reactors by 2050 and to regenerate existing plants in France. So nuclear, it's going to be a big thing and it's uh, within the taxonomy now. So that's a good thing for France as we are, I would say, a front runner in nuclear energy. And also Emmanuel Macron has committed himself to set up 50 offshore wind farms. So we're talking about offshore uh, wind farm, not onshore wind farm, because there are big local opposition against onshore wind farming in France. It's more or less, you know, not in my backyard issues. And uh, he wants also to increase solar panels tenfold. We are also talking about insulating houses, developing electric cars, etc., etc. So I think that we will have a good investment in renewable, nuclear energy, insulating houses, electric car, hydrogen. But, well, 
Ecologists think this measure is just a gimmick and it doesn't tackle the real issue and the need for a complete economic system reboot. But I mean, it's a very uh, broad question now <laughs> about what can we do to solve climate crisis. But I think that we're going to have a, a lot of um, green investment and taxonomy will help um, the capital flow to go to the correct project to develop all the uh, energy transition in, uh, in Europe. Geraldine Mayer. And that brings us to the end of this edition of The Bulletin with UBS, setting the agenda in the fast-moving world of finance every week here on Monocle 24. You can listen again and find out more at monocle.com or catch up via your preferred podcast platform. The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle 24.